Weddings ish, 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 weddings ish. With Jove. Thank you so much for tuning in to Weddings Ish with Jove. I wanted to wish all my listeners a wonderful Thanksgiving. I hope that you have time with friends and family and loved ones. You enjoy a wonderful meal and you take time to think about all the things you're grateful for in life and you share that joy with others. This episode, we are going to talk all about my eight planning tips that I shared with The Knot. Um, I'll put the link on the website as well. We, of course, have our juicy Real Housewives Roundup from the Reunion of Orange County, Part 1 and 2. And I sit down with the founder and creative director of Poppies and Posies. Enjoy! Weddings-ish! The Knot reached out and asked me to share eight planning tips for all couples. So I'm going to go ahead and share with you what I shared with them and post the article to our website, jovemeyerevents.com slash podcast. Question number one, what should couples do immediately after getting engaged? I said, celebrate with those you love and share the good news in person before sharing on social media. Then think about who you'll invite and your budget. Knowing both of those things will help tremendously with your planning. Number two, are there advantages to bringing in a planner in the beginning versus working with just a day of coordinator? Great question, the knot. I said a day of coordinator is perfect for couples eager to plan all of the details themselves. However, a full-service planner, which is me, will match you with pros who are passionate and priced right for your budget. Number three, how can you plan a wedding in fewer than six months? I said having a short planning period means less time to change your mind. Start with a guest list, a budget, lock in a venue and a date, and then move on to stationery. At that point, it's probably best to send out a digital save the date. Number four, what tips can you share about a tight budget? And I say, set a budget with all the items you need and be honest with your vendors on what you can actually spend. Also, don't spend it all in one space and be prepared to be flexible. For instance, you might have to go with beer and wine bar, a bar instead of a full open bar. Number five, what's the key to finding the perfect venue and what red flags should couples consider? Knowing your guest count, food service style, meaning plated, buffet, or cocktail style, and budget can help steer you in the right direction when searching for a venue. Red flags vary venue to venue, but look out for venues with no heat or air conditioning, limited bathrooms, and bad online reviews. Plus, make sure a space is good at communicating with you in a timely manner. It won't get better once you book. That is definitely crucial. Um, If a venue or vendor is hard to deal with in the beginning, they're likely to not get better along the way. So make sure that you can tolerate or you're happy with their level of professionalism or communication from the get-go. All right, number six. What wedding trend do you wish would go away? I said, to be honest, I'm done with colorful uplighting. It doesn't add to the value of the space. It only serves as a distraction in a shade that likely doesn't match the vibe of the wedding. Also, it makes everyone look orange, pink, or purple in every photo, and that's not cute, so don't do it. Uh, Number seven, do you have a favorite moment of the wedding day? Uh, It's a toss-up between personal vows and the first dance. Those are the times when you get to see the love between two people, Um, in word and in movement. And for me, that's just so romantic and sweet and special. 
And the last question, number eight, can you share one pro tip you'd like to be, um, you'd like all newlyweds to know? You do you. Make the wedding a reflection of your personality and love. Don't lose yourself trying to make others happy. So those were my eight tips that I shared with the knot.com. Um, you can find them on our website, drovemyervents.com slash podcast. Weddings-ish. The Real Housewives Roundup. I mean, the Real Housewives of Orange County reunion part one and two were bananas. I mean, the series in general was so crazy. It was like one thing after another, after another, after another. But if the reunion proved anything, it's definitely that Vicky Gungelson is cuckoo bananas. She lives in her own little world and she's totally oblivious to the thoughts actions and feelings of others that don't pertain to her. I mean, even her daughter Brianna called her out and was like, mom, that's not true. Mom, come on. You know, it's all about you. Mom, you know, you hurt people and you don't say sorry. Like, it's so crazy. So much to the point where she was yelling at Shannon and she told her to get off of my show. She literally called it my show. And yes, to some degree, like she's been on the show from the beginning. So like, yeah, it is her show, but it's not called The Real Housewives of Orange County with Vicki Gungelson or Vicki Gungelson's Real Housewives of Orange County. She is a cast member on the show. And this season, I don't know, to me it feels like because there was nothing else going on in Vicky's life and she wasn't necessarily the star of, of the, the season, she caused a lot of drama to become the star of the season. I mean, the rumors that she spread about all of the girls... They were low, and it was dirty, and it was really, really rude. And I don't know. I'm really not liking her. And then they sort of unveiled that whole cancer scandal that she was a part of, where she was, like, trying to move on from Brooks by supporting a cancer charity using her name that would then reach out and email you to buy cancer insurance from her. I just feel like that is so sketchy. And she's like, it was marketing, you know, just getting leads from clients. But I just feel like it's shady when you mix your business with your donations and your charity or when you use a charity to further your business. I feel like that just doesn't sit right, especially when it relates to cancer. And this season finale, this reunion, I mean, she couldn't get away from Brooks if she tried. And she was even like, Andy, I'm done. I don't want to talk about it. Um, But everyone just kept bringing it up. And of course, how could they not? I mean, it was a dramatic season with him, and he has not been a part of the cast since last season, but it sure feels like he should still get a royalty check because his name was in almost every episode, and it was all over the reunion. I mean, it was so crazy. Um, And Tamara, she really you know, she gets emotional about her family and about her divorce. And um, it's pretty crazy. And I I feel really bad for the situation that she's in. uh, But I feel much worse uh, for Kelly Dodd. That bitch is crazy. She's crazy and she doesn't care. She comes for these women without any like thought process of their emotions. She's unapologetically mean. And she thought she had Vicky on her side until she didn't, until Vicky turns on her. And when Andy's like, do you have anything to say to these women? Do you feel bad about what you did? She's literally like, no, the only thing I feel bad about was my husband, was sort of the words I said about him on camera. Like, that's all that she feels bad about. Not about calling people terrible names or spreading rumors about people. It's really insane to me that they can have such a relationship on camera, watch it back, 
and then feel nothing. Like, feel like it's totally, you know, she has no regrets. Um, I mean, she screamed at Shannon, no wonder your husband's cheating on you. She called out Tamara and why her daughter doesn't live with her anymore. She talked about basically every single one of the women to their face to the point where Heather Dubrow threatened to quit the show. I mean, that shit was amazing. The behind the scenes audio and video of Heather getting up from dinner, walking away and saying like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Like she was threatening to quit the show because of how crazy Kelly Dodd really is. I mean, it's nuts. Like, I just can't fathom how these women do it. And why would you even sign up to film with crazy people for a couple of months together on camera to then let it go on national television? It's sort of like, I don't know, I just really can't even figure it out. Um, And Harry, um, Harry, which is, I guess, a cross between Terry and Heather, um, Terry was not really on the season this much. And really, there was a little shaming that he works so much and he's never around. Well, guess what? How do you think they bought that mansion, McMansion they built from the ground up? Uh, is because he works so much. And I love that Heather did not want to give a number. She was like, I, it doesn't matter how much it costs. Of course it matters how much it costs. You're on a show about wealth and money and being showy. So be showy. Tell us how much it costs. Kelly thought it was around $20 million. Um, but Heather just sat there quietly and didn't uh, comment. Unlike her husband, who commented on Vicky's nipples when <laughs> they were in Ireland, and that came full circle, and they asked Vicky about her nipples, and she had no comment. It just is so weird, these women, when they decide to speak and when they decide to be quiet. It really just doesn't make any sense. Um, I do feel really bad about um, Vicky's daughter, Brianna, and her having lupus and her being diagnosed, but at least they got to the bottom of her illness because she's been up and down and all over the place this season with really poor health and even went to the hospital. Um, It was such a hard thing to watch when she was being sick. So, you know, I'm glad that they know what it is and that she can be on the path to feeling better. And really, I think the winner this season was Megan. Um, and she's really actually pregnant. You can see it this time. She's due very soon. Um, I wish her all the best. And I just feel like, I don't know, she's so well-spoken and smart and kind and reasonable. More than anything, she's logical. And I think I love that about her. Um, And so, anyways, we'll see what happens in part three. I bet it's going to be phenomenal. Weddings-ish! I am so thrilled to be sitting across from the beautiful, sweet, and talented Sierra. Hello! Founder, creative director of Poppies and Posies. That's me. Hi, how are you? Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for welcoming me into your humongous studio (laughs) with your cat. If you hear any noises, that's Dino. Good old Dean Dean. He's a very needy <laughs> and so cute. Where did you get Dino? We adopted Dino from a crazy cat lady who had so <laughs> many cats in her house that he was living in her bathroom. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, he's been a great studio cat. We're actually looking to get someone to adopt him. So if anyone out there in Brooklyn or nearby would like a cat named Dino, who is more like a dog. Yeah, exactly. We call him the cat dog. Mm-hmm. He really likes a lot of attention. He loves everybody like the ups man the fedex man like he loves anybody he's a lover yeah he's a lover he's very sweet he's currently massaging on the mic he so. does have bad breath though i be was aware. just gonna ask you about that it <laughs> smells like a can of cat food <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, Dean Dean. But he's so lovely. So if anyone wants to adopt him, tweet me or tweet Poppies and Posies <laughs> because he needs a home. Yeah. Because you're moving. Yeah, we're moving. So tell me everything. This beautiful, huge studio is no longer. Yeah, well, so we've been in this studio for about seven years. And it's been really great for us, but it's a big industrial warehouse building. Mm -hmm. Um, Most other people in this building are uh, set designers or builders or they store stuff. Um, So we're just excited to move somewhere new that feels like a little more fresh and Mm -hmm. clean and make it our own and just something different. That's Uh, exciting. Yeah. So seven years. I feel like that's a long time. Yeah. So how did you get started with flowers? Um, it it really was very random. Um, my first job out of college was as basically an event planner, but Mm -hmm. for corporate style events. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, which was like why a lot of people who work with me say like you act more like a planner than a florist. Which is great though. Yeah. So I mean that planning was always came like pretty easy to me, like being Uh organized and like detail oriented and all that kind of stuff. But can I say as a planner myself, that is a blessing. There are many florists who shall not be named (laughs) who are such incredible artists, but their planning side or like logistics side is not great or their response time. Yeah. (laughs) They're like, I'm an artist, which is great. Yeah, I think that's, like, one really big challenge for most creatives Mm -hmm. is, like, being creative but also having your shit together. Yeah. Um, That's why also, like, Christina, who works for me, like, is... I could never have cloned myself better because she functions the same way. So OCD. Yeah. (laughs) And, like, we both really thrive off of being organized Mm -hmm. and, like, planning ahead and having our shit together. So... I, but I do think it's the number one thing that most florists struggle with, or so I've heard. Yeah, and it's true. I can confirm that. Yeah. <laughs> so you worked in event planning, yeah. um, and then what happened? So I knew I wanted to start my own business, and I liked events, but I didn't want to do corporate events forever. Mm-hmm. And so at the time, I started the business with um, another person, and she was really interested in having flowers be a part of the business. Okay. And at first, I was, was like... It like planning and flowers? Yeah. So oh. we were going to kind of do everything. Okay. And, but I was like, I don't want to do weddings, though. People are crazy <laughs> about their weddings. <laughs> were you married at that time? No. Okay. I was like 25. Got it. And... Um, And then quickly we realized, well, if we don't do weddings, like, how are we ever going to make any money? Sure. So we started doing weddings, and then we quickly kicked the planning side of things Uh because I fell in love with the floral side of the business, and we were being more recognized for that, and they're two totally different different worlds worlds and two businesses in their own. So we kicked the planning thing before anybody knew about us, really, and just focused on flowers. And so how did you go from... I mean, literally, you had never arranged anything. Yeah, to I was terrible making what you make today, which is so beautiful. Thank you. I mean, um, I I always say that every year I feel like I get better, mm-hmm. and every year I still feel like I'm learning so much, and that's kind of fun because I look back at old pictures. Well, <laughs> where you started. Don't Google us. That's yeah. all I have to say because you can't get rid of that. So now I'm going to Google it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really bad. Okay. Um, but it shows like how much we've like practiced and how much we've like honed in on our style and our skills mm-hmm. over the years. So it's definitely been something that has grown and I think will continue growing forever. Sure. Um, and so that's, I guess, 
what I fell in love with is like that process. Yeah. Um, of discovering almost your identity as a florist. Yeah. And sometimes, design. yeah. And sometimes it gets, um, cause everybody thinks like, oh, you're a florist. Like that's so cute. And you just get to play with flowers <laughs> all day. And nobody yeah. realizes that it's, it's 90% so schlepping. Yeah. And like hard work and client meetings and things like that. And then like 10%. Playing with pretty flowers. Yeah. And a lot of times you're just really trying to please a client. So Mm -hmm. it's those moments where you have clients that really trust you and let you kind of run with it, um, you know, within the realm of like their vision that like reminds me why I love doing what I do. Yeah. And I think you're absolutely right that most people don't realize what a florist entails. And so when I tell them what the average budget is or what they may, the resources they may need to get what they want, I feel like they're shocked because they don't know what happens on the back end. They don't know that you have a warehouse and hundreds of boxes that have to be stored, moved, opened, unwrapped, cleaned, filled, and then reverse that at the end of the night. Yep. It's crazy. Yeah, it's a lot of work. And we're a little different than a traditional florist in the sense that because we do have so much space, mm-hmm. we started a prop shop a couple years ago, three years ago, four years ago. Um, just It just organically kind of grew out of the business because we were collecting so many things. things, Yeah. yeah. And most New York City florists have very limited space, so they can't hold on to items. So we started this prop shop. So we um, can offer our clients a lot more than just flowers. Um, But it does mean that when, you know, so you're getting all these things from us that you wouldn't be able to get maybe from another florist, but it means that all that back end goes into it. Um, So yeah. It's interesting. No, it's a lot of work. I had visions of grandeur one day to be a florist (laughs) many moons ago when I started my company. And it was that 10% of like happiness that I held on to. (laughs) And then I was like, wait, I'm on a fourth floor walk up and (laughs) vases and flowers and early mornings at the flower district. Like none of that's appealing to me. Oh yeah. So our first workspace was my previous business partner's Mm -hmm. apartment. So we started out of her apartment. Yeah. That we grew out of and it was like very, very challenging to yeah. work out of there. Our first rented studio was a four floor walk up in oh a building God. that has a, an elevator, <laughs> but it's super old school and half the building is residential, half is commercial. So basically you'd wind up not getting to use the elevator and having yeah. to like walk up and, up down. and down the stairs. Yeah, We did like the James oh Beard God. Awards one year and it was, you know, like 50 tables or yep. something. It's and huge. we had to walk all of the, <laughs> bins of flowers down the, down stairs. the stairs. I had a really good butt, though. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I was in like really a natural good, workout. Yeah, I was in really good shape. I mean, you look good now. Thanks. You're in like a chunky sweater, so I don't know for sure. Well, but. I just packed 2,000 square feet of warehouse, so <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised helps. you didn't hire a mover. Moving is like one of the most Oh, no, no, stressful. we did. Oh, okay. Yeah, but, we, but we've but hired people to move the bins, but we packed all the bins. You still have to pack everything. And it's like 2,000 square feet of breakables. Sure, so you need to really yeah. pack it. Yeah. Um, so what is Poppies and Posies style? What is your aesthetic? Well, so I think what we're most drawn to and the style that we identify with the most is a kind of organic, lush, garden-inspired style Mm -hmm. where there's a lot of movement and um, things are asymmetrical to some degree. Mm -hmm. Um, But with that said, I think like another thing that kind of sets us apart is that we can and are open to doing many styles, but some people don't know about us or you know obviously if you go to our portfolio on our website like the majority of the work is what we identify with Um, but we often do things that feel more classic or Mm -hmm. um, maybe even feel a little more modern than what we might personally personally choose if it was our wedding but 
Um, and honestly, sometimes those are the events that at the end of the day, like we felt the most proud of. Because it stretches you or because you nailed exactly what the brief was? A little bit of both. Okay. Yeah. Because I think it stretches us and like pushes us outside of our comfort zone a little bit. And often those are like the biggest production jobs. Mm -hmm. And so that at the end of it, you go like, wow, we did this. And yeah. this looks like something that would be in like a book or something. Yeah. And it's totally not. Our Your typical book. style, sure. or book, yeah. yeah, but we still accomplished and you it. it. Yeah. yeah, so that's kind of fun. I think it's always fun. Just it's like a catch. To, it's like you love to do it, but also at the same time, it's a little scary because you're like, well, I'm really good at this, and you want something that's the total opposite of this. Yeah, but I guess that's also fun—the challenge of sort of rising to the occasion. Yeah, I think I'm pretty good at listening to what people want. Mm -hmm and executing that for them, whether or not it's what I would choose or sure. what I think is the best direction. Sure. So I guess sometimes that gives you like a sense of accomplishment. Yeah. I mean, it also is the mark of a good business person. It's not about you. It's not your wedding. Um, it's about them and whatever makes them happy. Yeah. Although sometimes there's some questionable decisions that are made. Yeah. Whenever you know. we're really working on something that we're having a hard time with or we're not identifying with, yeah. I, we usually say like, we're making dreams come true. Yeah. Like that commercial. <laughs> where all your dreams, dreams come, come true. true. <laughs> it's the best. And where did Poppies and Posies, the name come from? Oh, gosh. I mean, they're both flowers, a poppy uh, and a, po a posy. No. So a poppy is a flower. Yeah. A posy is refers to a bundle of small, like a small bundle of oh, flowers. Okay. Got it. Um, you know, I think it was just one of those names that came out of being 25 mm -hmm. and blindly starting a company and like, you know, now, which was like, so beautiful because now starting a company, I would have so many reservations and I would be so worried about finances yeah. or this or that. And at that time, like we really had no idea. We just like dove in and went for it. We're like, we're yeah. going to have us, we're going to start a company. We're Why not? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so, uh, yeah, I don't, I, it, I really don't even know. So there's no story behind there's it. There's no story. It was just sort of like an easy. It just came out. <laughs> just I think my business partner came up with it. And I was like, that's cute. Sure. Perfect. Done and done. And I think it is cute, but I've thought about changing Re it. Rebranding. Yeah, but um, I always go back to like, you know, it's recognized at this point. You have a brand. We have a brand. Yeah. And, and it's fine. It's cute. And yeah. Okay. I mean, I think it's hard to rebrand. I is. know a few people who have done it, but I'm like. I don't know if that was a good idea for you. Yeah, and we worked like we've worked so hard to get to the point that we're at now mm -hmm. that I wouldn't want to compromise that. <laughs> Dino's tail is in my face. <laughs> very lovely. This end smells better than the other end. <laughs> um, so, what are some of your personal favorite flowers? Oh gosh, um, I have a lot of them. Um, I guess it depends the season, but I okay. think like probably my hands down, the one that like anybody who works with me will say like, I will buy all of them in the market when I only <laughs> need like 10 stems of them because okay. I can't control myself is hellebores. Okay. It's, it's an early spring flower okay. when they're local and when they're best. And I, there's, there's something about them that are really magical to me that I just like cannot pass them up. Yeah. Yeah. So that's probably my number one. That you're just obsessed with. I'm totally You'll obsessed. find a way to fit it in everywhere. Yeah, basically. Um, and then this past season, like all these old fashioned flowers have started popping up, hmm. but like really beautiful kind of heirloom varieties. Okay. So, um, 
like I got really into mums this year. Really? Yeah, I know. I wouldn't think to put a mum anywhere near a wedding. I know. I'll show you though, and then you'll it'll change your mind. Okay, I believe you. Um, or there are these chocolate sunflowers in the market this year, and usually I'm like totally against sunflower. I like sunflowers in their natural sure. state, or like Beautiful growing in a garden. Exactly, yeah. but. Typically, I don't think I've ever used them. In an arrangement. In an arrangement. But these chocolate sunflowers are out of this world. Meaning they're black or brown? Yeah, or? they're really dark brown. Oh, and wow. typically their heads are smaller than like what a you think sunflower. of as a sunflower. Yeah. Um, and like some of their heads kind of bow a little bit. So they have okay. like pretty movement. And they're just a detail flower, but the color is really spectacular. Okay. That's yeah. so interesting. Yeah. And when you go to the flower market, how does that work for you? Is it sort of like... You know the color palette, you have your providers, and you just sort of pick whatever's prettiest, or? No, so I, um, going back to my organization, I guess, every, all my friends who are florists have their own businesses, always mm-hmm. make fun of me in the market, because I'm walking around with, like, a clipboard <laughs> and, like, my spreadsheet. You're that girl. Yeah, but then they're all a little jealous, too. because yeah, you know like, exactly what to buy. Yeah, or, like, I know what I ordered, and I know, like, I can organize it all, but... So I place all my I place all special orders ahead of time, mm-hmm. um, and often I place them about a month in advance because wow. there are a lot of flowers, especially in the busy season, that if you need a large quantity of them, mm-hmm. you have to place them far in advance because they may not be at the market. They definitely wouldn't just be sitting there, and if yeah. if you tried even like a week in advance or two weeks in advance to order a really large quantity, they're probably already reserved for other people. Yeah. So I try to put in my all, all my special orders for all of our weddings and events as far in advance as I can. I think I remember that because we did a wedding this past summer and I remember you were like, all right, we need to firm this up. I'm going to place my order. And I don't think any other florist ever said that. With yeah. that far out has yeah. been like, I need to place my order. And I was like, wow. Yeah. She's so organized. I like to place at least the order of like all of the, like all of the things I'm sure of that I want. Yeah. And then when we have great clients who mm-hmm. really trust us, yeah. then we feel confident to shop the market a little bit too. Because usually Christina's like trying to like pull me away from things. <laughs> like we don't need that. Or like you're going to spend too much money. money. Yeah. yeah. So if someone really trusts us and gives us kind of a little free range, yeah. then we'll always add on to our special order because sure. there are always things in the market you don't expect to see. That or to you that mm-hmm. are really pretty. Exactly. But, um, but yeah, I always try to have it as much as I can. So when thinking about clients, what is a perfect client and what is a terrible client in the sense of like, because I think a lot of, if there's no planner involved, sometimes couples don't know how to engage with a florist or they sort of like tell you what to do instead of asking you how to do it. Yeah. Like what is the best way to approach a florist in your opinion if you're a newly engaged couple? Yeah. So, I mean, I try to keep in mind with all of our clients that most of them have never done this before. Yeah. Um, and most of them have never spent this kind of money on something like flowers. Mm-hmm. And so we've had grooms say when I go to the bodega to get her flowers, it costs $5. I'm like, we're not going to give you bodega flowers. Yeah. But um, I think the best type of client and what I try to encourage our clients to uh, do is to share with us as much as they can about their personalities and their uh, kind of personal style Mm -hmm. and sensibility. Um, But then to really trust us that we have the best intentions in mind and that we'll take that and try to execute your vision as best as possible. Mm -hmm. But when we're given, you know, that trust 
it'll always turn out better. The product, yeah. Um, I think some people think that they have to micromanage their vendors in order to not get taken advantage of. But if you have a good vendor, then you should not ever fear that you're going to be taken advantage of. And I would suggest not working with anybody if you don't feel like you trust them. Or comfortable, yeah. Or comfortable. And one good way to kind of gauge, I think, like, how good a vendor is going to be is to talk to other vendors about if they've worked with this person if or familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Cause most of us, it's a, it's a huge industry, but then there's all these small little niches. Mm-hmm. And so most of us kind of stick together. And yeah. so we all know each other, sure. even if it's another florist, like often yeah. I'll recommend other florists if I'm booked or I'm not capable of doing the job. Sure. Um, and I take that really serious of who yeah. I'll recommend. Of course. Um, and so that's one good way maybe to kind of ask around, um, yeah, to feel no, more comfortable. That makes sense to me. And I think a lot of people, it's so funny. I'm like, you're going to, this is such a big event. You're spending quite a bit of money in New York City. Mm-hmm. I feel like you should enjoy this process and not just be like, hi, how much are you? Hi, how much are you? Hi, how much are you? Yeah. I mean, this should be really fun, <laughs> yeah. especially flowers. Like I think like that it should be a really fun part. I think sometimes it stresses people out because they feel like they should know more mm-hmm. and they don't. So that's like another reason that they, it's kind of like a defense mechanism maybe. Sure. Um, but yeah, it really should be fun. And I try, I tell everybody like this goes by so fast and like the planning process should be some of the most like fun that you have doing it because you want to look back and be like, oh, that was, you know, a lot of people look back and they're like, oh, thank God that's over. Yeah. Now we can like move on with our lives. Yeah. Um, but it goes by really fast and same with the day of, and which is why everybody should have a planner. I agree. Because <laughs> the day of it can be hectic and stressful yeah. and it goes by so fast. And before you know it, you know, you spent all this money and you didn't even enjoy any yeah. of it. So. You blink and it's over. Yeah. It's what everyone I work with is like, I want more time. I'm like, yeah. five hours is what you get. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's over. Yeah. Um, are you married? I am. Oh my gosh. How did you meet your husband? Funny story. Um, when I first got started, we were planning. And so we got hired by this couple to plan their wedding and do their flowers. We basically paid them to let us. Because you were new. We were new. We're trying to build our portfolio. They, we got them a caterer who then they decided they didn't want to work with and they fired last minute. And so we had gotten this email from this catering company who was also new, who was just trying to like get the word out there. So we called them up and we had a tasting with them. And lo and behold, the owner of the company is now my husband. Oh my gosh. So, I had no idea that that's how you met him. Oh yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. So we pretty much did like our first wedding together. together. Yeah. Do and we were just friends for a while. For connecting you because if they didn't fire their caterer. Unfortunately, like they were really, uh, I shouldn't say this on air, they Unfortunately, yes. They okay. they were mentioned in our vows, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> because it's like a long-running joke that like that's the best sure. thing that came out of that. That wedding yeah. was that you met your fiancé, then husband. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's so crazy. Yeah. But so because we're both in the industry, we totally went rogue, and we went to Costa Rica with like 30 people for our mm-hmm. wedding. So that's one way you can have more than five hours. Oh, so you didn't get married in the States. No. And how did you decide that? Uh, I, it was, like, very easy for us to decide. We okay. were both just, like, we, I think we both felt like if we did it here that it would just feel like another day at work. Sure. Because, like, if we went over, you know, to, like, the foundry. We love the foundry. But, like, we worked there, all, there the all the time. all the time. Yeah. yeah. 
So, I mean, I think if we had more money, we would have done like a big party in the city, but sure. then gone to Costa Rica. But we both knew we wanted it small too. Okay. So we just decided we didn't care if we offended any of our family members yeah. or friends. And we went to Costa Rica. It was nothing personal. No, we just course. wanted it very small. Yeah. yeah. And so everybody went for a week. That's amazing. That's, That's really definitely a way to have more than a five-hour wedding. Yeah, it was actually featured in Martha Stewart. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, years ago in okay. the magazine. I feel like a lot of your work is featured. Uh, yeah, they've been really great to us. They are like have supported us a lot and yeah. named us one of their top florists in the United States and stuff. So Hair we love them. <laughs> no yeah. big deal. Yeah, that was a big one. It's we love them. Yeah. And that just sort of happened organically <laughs> or they sort of began following your work? Or how, how do you accredit sort of the growth of your business from an apartment being 25 and sort of clueless yeah. to where you are today, which is sort of pretty in demand? Um, I think we worked really, really hard. Um, and, uh, you know, we just, we did anything and everything that we could in the beginning mm -hmm. to get experience, to meet people. Um, like, I can't even tell you how many, like, networking events that I used to go to yeah. and free things that I would do just sure. for practice and to get our name out there. And I think that's something that's kind of lost on newer companies today. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, when we started, there was no Instagram. There was no, there was nothing. Yeah. The blogs were just starting. Yeah. So I remember we did a photo shoot when we first started, probably in like 2007 or 2008. Uh -huh. And we were like... So what's going to happen is you're going to give us stationery for this photo shoot and then we're going to give you pictures and we're going to put it on a blog and you're going to get credit for it. And everybody was like, huh? what? What do you want to do? Yeah. Like, why am I doing free work? That's so crazy. And so we, we did, like, we would try to just do as many photo shoots like that as possible, yeah. which is like money out of our pockets, but really helped us to build our portfolio and to meet people and, and to put stuff. your brand and out there yeah so I think we uh, we put a lot of energy and effort nowadays it's a little easier yeah. you just need like a legit website an Instagram I mean basically just need Instagram followers yeah that's what everybody's really focused on which is so crazy it's crazy but um because it's like monopoly money it really doesn't yeah. <laughs> you don't get anything for it yeah but then at the same time you do I mean, I think Instagram in itself could be like an entire business. Like some business I look at, and I'm like, they have to have somebody that all they do is, is their, their feed because I, we always have the best intentions. Sure. But then it's always the last thing on our list because you're working. We're working. You're physically making flowers. Yeah. So I guess like in a perfect world, I wish I could have a social media like manager. Manager. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To just really handle that for us. But you guys but. do a great job. Do you do it all yourself or you and Christina? Yeah, we do it ourselves. It's beautiful. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, you have so many pretty things to photograph too, which is. Yeah, that helps. The envy of like planners. I'm like, oh. Uh, yeah, like what am I going to really take a picture of now? Coffee anymore. Yeah. People are sick of my dog. Like, yeah. I don't really know. Like, I don't have a product. Like, you're surrounded by beauty. Yeah, we try to keep days. it a f really a representation of what's going on in the studio mm -hmm. day in and day out. Um, so whatever product we're working with, we try to share that with people. Yeah. And, yeah. And do you find that your couples follow you on social media and interact with you? Or is that how they discover you? 
A little bit of both. Okay. I mean, I've had plenty of people who are like, I've been following you on Instagram and now I'm engaged. And so yeah. I love your work, which is so cool. Yeah. And so it really is a great tool. So I really shouldn't put people down for just using it to the way that sure. they should. It's just, it just didn't exist when we started. No, you didn't have it. We didn't have it. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't around. Yeah, we had like Gathering Guide. I don't know if you ever heard of that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's how our first client found us. Gathering Guide. Yeah, it was like an online resource for the events industry. For people who wanted to plan any kind of event. Yeah, so they listed florists and caterers oh, and planners. And yeah, it was basically like what blogs are now, but there was yeah. only one. Yeah, at that time. At that time, yeah. That's so crazy. Yeah, so we had a profile on there. And do you teach um, classes or workshops? We do. We want to do it more often, but again, mm-hmm. it's one of those things that winds up always being put on the back burner. Sure. So we tend to do it more in the wintertime when we're a little slower with events and weddings, yeah. but um, we do really enjoy it. It's really fun, and our new space is going to be great for workshops, so mm-hmm. maybe we'll do a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. I want to come to a workshop. I can live my fantasy life yeah. for a few hours. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's the best, yeah, the best uh, way to go about I it. I think that's right. That's so crazy. And what are your thoughts on Pinterest? Do you love it? Do you hate it? Should, we, should <sighs> couples stay away from it? Uh, it depends your personality, I guess. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a really great resource and it is very helpful when a client comes to us and says like, oh, can I share this with you to give us a sense of what they're drawn to and what they pulled and what they like and what they, you know, what the vision that they've started to create in their mind. So Mm -hmm. it's a really good resource and a really good tool, but it's like a dark hole. And I just tell people, you could plan 10 weddings. They could all look completely different and and you would love all of them. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So for some people, depending on your personality, it's not really a good tool because I think it confuses things and it's hard for them to pare it all down. So that's really what we're there for. You know, our proposals, we, we include a lot of inspiration images. And so I always tell people like, don't work. Cause some people are like, Oh, I'll start right now. Get my Pinterest page together. And I'm like, let us do that. Let me take a stab at it and see yeah. if I can come up with something that you really love because uh, it's easier for me to pare things down than most other people. Yeah, and you know what's happening right now and yeah. what's sort of on trend. Mm-hmm. Are there any trends from 20... We're in 2016. 2016. It's 2016. Are there any trends from 2016 um, that you really love? Um, well, I think we've seen over the past year or two this trend of installations mm-hmm. at weddings and events really explode. Yeah. And that was something when Christina came on three years ago, almost four years ago, that we really wanted to expand in our business. Mm-hmm. But most people were not really into it yet I, because it does carry a big you know, price tag. Cost. Sure. But um, so I was really happy to see that explode. Um, and so a lot of people now are asking for installations and then often they realize how much they cost and it's not feasible. So they <laughs> but, don't do it. Yeah. But it's funny because but it's a, lot sort of people of do. a way to change a space completely. Yeah. Like you can use the ceiling or you can sort of reinvent a space in a way that wasn't done before. Yeah, it has a really big impact. Uh, it's like the overall space. You I guys think. did an amazing one at the wedding we did together. Oh, yeah, we did a like couple of them. Over the whole Oh, yeah, that bar. one was huge. It was so big. Yeah, that was so big, it was, I think, hard to capture. Yes, I don't. it was hard to get in photographs. Yeah, it didn't it really do it justice. The whole length of the bar. Yeah. And, I mean, you also have to do rigging. It's yeah. not just like you can hang flowers with string. We've learned a lot. Well, yeah. 
You have to like you built boxes and screwed things and why like it was well, and talk to a lot of people to make sure that yeah. what we were hanging was not going to crash down and kill somebody. Sure, and I get so worried for the record. about that. Yeah, it course. did not. We've ne- knock on wood, we've never had anything come crashing down. Yeah, no, that I would really be terrible. shouldn't say that, but well, I mean, it happens. I had a wedding yeah. where one of the like swags across the tent fell. Yeah, and. I mean, it was like a gentle, slow fall. <laughs> so I was like, it's performance art in flower. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, you have, to real, you have to recognize, too, that all of these things for events, they're, the install times are so short. Yeah. So it's really like, it is a little bit fly by the seat of your pants, and you try to plan to the best of your ability and plan for every scenario, but there are a lot of unknowns. Yeah. And I feel like the installation thing is huge and on trend. And what I tell couples, and I don't know if you have thoughts on this, is if you want to manage a budget, you either design the space or the tables, mm-hmm. but not both. Both. Unless the budget is very, very healthy mm-hmm. or non-existent. Then yeah. we can do both. Right. But otherwise, you've got to put money into the sky or to the ground. Yeah. And sometimes it means that if you do something that is a big, like, kind of hanging installation or big statement piece, that you can do something simpler on the tables mm-hmm. because... Because you kind of want it all to complement each other anyways. Yeah. So you don't need it to be exploding with flowers from like every inch of the room. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I agree with that. Perfect. Yeah. And what is, do you have some favorite venues that you love to work in? Yeah. Um, so we work at Blue Hill a ton. Mm-hmm. Love Blue Hill and love the people there. That's really amazing. Yeah. And, and that's going to be two minutes meal. down the road from us now. I see why you're moving up yeah. there. <laughs> we're, we're just trying to creep in as like the in-house florist. Hey, by the way, we're right here. <laughs> <laughs> but we do work there probably the most out of all the venues oh, these okay. days. So um, it will be really nice and fun to be so close. Sure. Um, love the Foundry. The Metropolitan Building is great. Mm-hmm. Bowery Hotel is one of our favorites. Oh, the um, Bowery is so pretty. Yeah, it's so beautiful. And it's again, so dark, the people. It's so pretty. It is dark, but it can be moody and beautiful. And, and it's often with these venues, it's almost like more about the people who run them than the space, than the space itself. I would um, agree with that. Just because, you know, from our perspective, that's kind of over half the battle. Because mm-hmm. um, cause I think a lot about, like, the day running smoothly, even though, sure. again, it's not really my responsibility. But no, you set up and you bounce. Yeah, but my mind always goes there. And so I always tell our clients, they come to us and say, like, oh, we've already booked the Bowery Hotel. I'm like, oh, the people there are amazing. They're yeah. going to take such good care of you. It's a yeah. great choice. Yeah. Like, yeah, which puts you at ease because you know they're going to have a good experience. And we're, we work as a team, and that's yeah. how it should be, but it's not like that everywhere. Sure. Um, so it's always easier and runs smoothly when everybody's approaching it from a team. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because then it just runs more efficiently also. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to worry because you know the planner's planning, the musician's playing the music, the yep. venue's managing the venue, and you can do your job. Yeah, everybody does their part. So I always wonder, because I'm also a little envious, because, you know, we arrive together, and then the florists leave, and I'm like, bye, I'll <laughs> see you at breakdown. Yeah. <laughs> Not even you, usually. It's someone else at breakdown. Do you, like, are you able to check out and turn off and, like, enjoy the rest of your Saturday, or are you constantly thinking about the wedding? I've gotten a lot better at that over time. (laughs) Yeah. I used to get like very stressed out, like leading up to the wedding, Mm -hmm. the day of the wedding, the night of the wedding. Cause like sometimes the breakdown, depending on the setup can be just as big of a deal as As the setup. setup. Sure. Or so I'm always worried that I'm going to get some call. I usually turn off my phone now though. Okay. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so I've gotten a lot better at it. I Uh, could imagine you. try to. Yeah. You'd be like, just thinking about it nonstop. Yeah, I really try to. Otherwise, I just never, I don't have a life. Yeah. 
having a kid has kind of put that in perspective yeah. and helped me to chill out a little bit. How old is your baby? She is 21 months. Oh my gosh, I almost know. two. She's like a full-blown person. Does she sleep? She does. So that's that's good for you. Lately, she's been like sleeping to like eight thirty in the morning. That's amazing. I mean, she's awake in there, but she's sure. not unhappy. So I just like <laughs> so let her hang sleep. out. That's yeah. crazy. She's like talking to our bears. Yeah, and stuff. it's all good. <laughs> and what is her name? Her name is Romy. Oh, R O or R R O M Y. Oh my gosh, how did you come up with that? Uh. Choosing a name for a child was the hardest thing I've ever had to do. Really? In your entire life? I think so. Wow. It's just a lot of pressure. Aren't there books? Oh, God, yeah. And, like, websites and apps and, but like, all kinds of stuff. But you can just, like a bride, you can go in a rabbit hole of names. Yeah, and, like, I just, I didn't really like that many of them. Or, you know, if, say, your partner has something against a certain name because mm-hmm. they knew, like, a... There's a connotation that, with yeah, it. Yeah. Sure. Then that's pretty much out the window. So there yeah. were a lot of those things where I was like, what about this name? And he'd be like... No. Absolutely not. Or vice versa. <laughs> sure. Um, so then I kind of really liked old fashioned names yeah. and I liked Rosemary, okay. although now knowing my daughter, she is so not a Rosemary, okay. but so I was like, what if we named her Rosemary and called her Romy and my husband hated old fashioned names, but he liked Romy. Okay. So then we're like, all right, let's just go with that. Okay. So it worked. Yeah. And I, it's funny because I think people do grow into their name or they like take I think so. on the personality of the name. That's that why there's given. so much pressure. It's insane. Yeah. So if you're just like. Well, I don't want to say a boring name. I don't but like a straight name lace name or if something you're that a very common name. Yeah. yeah. So it's because I'm Jove, so obviously, like, you know, like, I think the power of a name. Yeah. yeah, for sure. That's amazing. Yeah. And as a business owner, has it? How has that journey been? I mean, it's like running a full-time company and being a full-time mom. I think for a lot of us in the industry, you know, if you've been working at it four, five, six, seven years people are getting married and then people start families, but the business still has to like, you know, do what it needs to do. Very challenging. Mm. But I remember when she was first born and I was like, oh my God, like, how am I ever going to like, how am I ever going to do this and everything else? And everything I've been doing. It felt so overwhelming. I was like, but then I hit a point where I was like, okay, all right, we're going to do this somehow. But my husband and I really did all of the work for the first almost year Mm -hmm. and luckily he owns his own business so we would we had this like crazy family schedule on the fridge where it was like i'm here (laughs) for these two hours yeah (laughs) (laughs) luckily he's like this similar to me in that sense of organization so we had this crazy schedule but um now luckily we have an amazing babysitter okay so that saves the day yeah and like you can work and not worry yeah and i love doing both I don't think I'd want to be a full-time stay-at-home mom, Mm -hmm. but I also wouldn't want to not be a mom or only do my business. So I love that this business gives me the flexibility that I can do both. To do both. Yeah. No, and that's amazing because you are your own boss. Yeah, but I do wish I had weekends sometimes. Uh, Listen, but (laughs) do you slow down in the winter or you are year-round? Well, so right now I'm starting to slow down. So now I'm like easing into that like, oh yeah, this is Mm -hmm. a great Job. job. This is a great business, <laughs> yeah. but you like you talked to me in like September, and I'm just like, yeah, I can't do this forever. Yeah, I'm gonna have to quit at some point because I'm so burnt out. Yeah. I, you know? I trust me, I know. Yeah, it's like a blessing and a curse to be busy and to love what you do and yes. to do well at what you do because in the moment it's so amazing, but then your body's like, what have you been doing to me for six months? Well, months, getting older months. too, because this is a really physical 
you know, uh, job and there's a yeah. lot of heavy labor. And so like when people do say like, how are your arms so jacked? I'm like, because I'm basically a moving man. <laughs> like, You don't have movers. You are the mover. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, as you get older, I start to think like, oh God, I can't do this forever. Sure. But somehow you keep but doing it. You keep doing it. It keeps you young. It does. You're only as you young as you. don't have to go you... to the gym anymore. No. And it's funny. So we got some questions on Instagram. Oh, we did. <laughs> and one of them was about how you stay toned and look so oh. good. <laughs> From Doanne. <laughs> Doanne. She's, She's too best. nice. She yeah. is very sweet. Yeah. Um, so you answered that. Obviously, you're a mover. <laughs> and then uh, Shalise wanted to know, what is the most underrated flower you wish was requested more? Um, hmm. That's a tough one. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess... The thing that is requested the most, no matter what season it is, are peonies. Still. Still. Year after year. Yeah, and people don't realize, like, I guess, why would they? Maybe I didn't either before I got into this industry that, you know, even if you can get peonies in the winter... They're really not that great usually. Yeah. Like they're a spring flower. They're and you from don't want to so far away. Yeah, you don't want to force it. Um, but yeah, I guess some of those like detail flowers, like the hellebore and like even like there's the I talked about the mums a little bit and there's mm-hmm. like a variety that's mini mums. So they're small, like any of the like kind of like smaller detail flowers that most people like kind of forget about. They think about the focal flowers, like the peonies, the dahlias. Um, so just being open, I guess, for your florist to say like, here are the kind of like really charming little detail things for the season or for the next season. Yeah. Um, and we should try some of those out. Um, like I love Cosmos in the summer. Mm-hmm. Those are the um, tiny little ones that are dark. No, those are the ones that have a little yellow center and like delicate. They come in white or like a variety oh, of, kind of okay. purpley. They're like colors. a hippie flower. They are, yeah. They're okay. like a, they're a, you know summer field mm-hmm. flower type yeah. thing. Um, or there's like some really beautiful varieties of zinnia in the summer too that you know people don't necessarily think of or they think it's just a wild flower, but mm-hmm. if you use it in the right way, it can just be a nice texture. To incorporate. Yeah. And are you seeing people are sticking to whites and neutrals and blushes, that whole trend, or moving a little more towards color and being bold? I think 2017 is going to hopefully be the year that people branch out and do a little bit more bold colors. Yeah. So far, the proposals I'm working on for 2017 feel that way. Um, but for so long, like I would say at least five years, blushes and neutrals and blushes and neutrals, peaches, blushes, Uh and it's a beautiful palette. It's it's, gorgeous. I love it. But it's romantic. It's wedding-y. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah. And there's a lot of beautiful flowers that come in those tones, Mm -hmm. but I always try to steer people if they are going in that direction. I'm like, what if we just incorporated this accent color or a pop of color or something that just, and it doesn't even have to be in everything. It could be like just in your centerpieces or just in your bouquets, mm-hmm. just to make it feel like a little more unique and a little different. Yeah, I love color. And I, it's funny when you think of flowers, you don't think of white. <laughs> like it's not right. what your mind goes to. You think of beautiful colors and textures and yep. shapes. And I'm also sort of gently encouraging people to okay. discover color and pushing color. Like if a wedding should be fun, yep. then why not use color? Like you associate color yeah. with party. And there's still a lot of neutral palettes 
that still incorporate more color sure. or texture, but yeah. can still feel neutral. Yeah. But people have really gotten stuck on this blush. Yeah. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. It's literally, I'm like, oh, you want blush yeah. and white. I, or I try to get people oh. to get more into like the dusty rose colors or mm-hmm. like the taupey colors. Yeah. Um, just to give it like a little more dimension mm-hmm. so that it's not just white and blush. Yeah, I agree. Well, this has been so much fun. Thank you. If people want to find you, what is your Instagram and website? Uh, Instagram is Poppies and Posies. Mm-hmm. Uh, website, same thing, poppiesandposies.com, and we hope you'll visit us. Yeah, and then your husband's catering company? Oh, Michael Stewart, New York. Okay. And then he just started a line of uh, jerky chips, oh. seasoning, and barbecue sauces that what? are really great. No big deal. I need to try that. Yeah. I love jerky. Jerky chips? Jerky and chips. Oh, jerky and chips. Yeah. Not jerky I'll chips. I'll give you some before you leave. Oh, okay. Perfect. <laughs> well, this has been so much fun and good luck with the move. Thank and I can't you. wait to see the new studio. Thanks. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye, Kitty. Weddings-ish. For our Ask Jove portion of the podcast, we have one question this episode. It comes from Michelle in Florida. Hi, Michelle. Love Florida. I'll be there next month for a wedding. Uh, Michelle asks... Dear Jove, my mother is killing me. She's so annoying, so opinionated. What do I do? I literally can't help it. She's making me crazy. She's making it all about her. Help, help, help. (laughs) Well, this sounds um, not like a normal situation, but definitely mothers have input. And especially if your mother's paying for the wedding, which I'm not sure you didn't say she was or wasn't, but my guess is If she's paying for the wedding, that's why her opinion is so loud and so strong. And perhaps she just wants to, you know, live through you, live the life and the wedding that potentially she didn't have um, or couldn't have. And I would say that it's about an honest conversation and really thinking about what's most important to you and what you really could care less about, things that are not super important. And in those areas, maybe you give a little control up to your mother so she can live her best life through you. And in the areas that are really, really important to you that matter the most to you, Stand your ground, tell her exactly what you want and why you want it. And I don't want your mother to ruin your wedding day. She should definitely be your biggest supporter and your biggest cheerleader. But I get it. Moms love you. Moms think they know best. And moms come from the right place. So remember her motivation when you're going crazy and you want to kill her. Um, Remember that she comes from a place of love. And then just have a conversation about what she really, really wants out of it and what you really want out of it, and try to find a common ground. Well, good luck, Michelle, and I'm sure you'll work it out. If not, lots of rosé you can drink. Weddings-ish! Thank you so much for tuning in, subscribing, listening, and downloading Weddings-ish with Jove. It means the world to me to have you uh, listening and supporting this podcast. If you have any questions about wedding planning or any topics you'd like us to cover or anything uh, you'd like to hear about, please send us an email, podcast at jovemeyerevents.com or tweet us at jovemeyer. Feel free to follow us on Instagram at jovemeyer and leave us a rating and review on iTunes. We would really, really appreciate it if you would take a moment and leave us a great five-star review on iTunes. Thanks so much. Weddings-ish! The music in this podcast was made by the fabulous Mel Flannery of Mixtape, a cover band for hipsters. Thanks, Mel. Love the jingle. Weddings-ish. Weddings-ish.